Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Okay, is this better? All right. All right, there we go. Okay, you may need to reset. If you think God only speaks to certain people, God only speaks to those people in leadership or people in, in position. God only speaks to the, the priests in the house. You need a reset. And if you think God doesn't speak to you, you definitely need a reset. You see, I want to tell you this morning that God literally is speaking all the time. Yes. He's speaking all the time And I'm going to say to everyone, God speaking isn't the problem. God told Israel in Deuteronomy 6, 4, he said, Hear, O Israel. I'm going to teach you a little Hebrew word. Some of you probably already know it. It's called Shema. Shema, Israel, Adonai Elohenu, Adonai Echad. All he's simply saying is, listen. Shema, listen. That's our part. Our part is to listen. God is always speaking. I'm going to share a couple of examples with you later on that that may set some of you back in your seat a little bit. But uh, let me tell you what a reset is. A reset flushes the memory to release and refresh any stuck memory bits and reloads an exact copy of the operating system to provide a fresh start of all system operations. That's what a reset does. It starts you over again. What I want to do this morning is share with you something that may start some of you over again and get you out of the way that you think God is speaking. I have a, a what I call a Baptocostal friend. He's a, he's a fifth generation Baptist preacher guy that God filled with the Holy Spirit and he spoke in other tongues and he, he's uh, now a Baptocostal. And... <laughs> He and I talk often about these kind of things because his theology is when the canon of the Bible was closed, God stopped talking. I look at him and smile and say, isn't that great that that it's not true? Otherwise, you wouldn't be Baptocostal. God's still talking. The question is, are we listening? It's a fresh new beginning on how we perceive God speaking and how we hear or listen to his voice. So number one, God is speaking. God is speaking all the time. And this morning, I want you to know that while you're sitting right where you are, I know that God is speaking. And I know he's speaking to some of you in unique and different ways. And to some of you, he's going to speak this particular thing. He's going to say, you are hearing my voice but you have said it in such a way that you only think that's how you hear my voice. And I'm going to change that today. That's one of the things that the Lord told me that I should look out for, which is always exciting because I like being on the edge a little bit. I know people that have a practice, if you will. They, they will hear what they think is the voice of God and they will write it down. And then they'll go out and look for confirmation. And that's not bad at all. That's a, that's a great idea. 
But if that's all you're looking for, if that's all you're doing, how much more of the voice of God might you be missing? God is active in communication. We know that in the very beginning, God spoke. He said, he said, let there be light. And light was. He spoke and and chaos ran into order. God said. So I want you to know that I'm not trying to uh, do a voice versus written word of God type of message this morning. I'm not saying that one is more than the other. I actually believe you need a whole lot of both. I love my Bible. My wife will tell you that in the last 40 some years, I've chewed up several of them. Um, I, I wear them out. I have all kinds of them. So I love the written word of God. But I'm gonna tell you that the written word of God, God infuses with power when he speaks to you about it. I know most of us, if not all of us in this room, have had the experience when you're reading this book and God says something about what you just read and you on your inside, you know in your knower that that was God. And all of a sudden you realize my life will never be the same because now I know that God speaks to me. And now, if we're smart... We'll start looking for it. We'll start listening for it. We'll start saying, God, I know that was you. I know that was you. But I don't want it to be a once every week event. I think sometimes that we don't realize if if you've been a father, you know you speak to your kids, right? How many dads in the house don't talk to their kids? I'm either telling them, don't do that, or do that. No, really, do that. Would you just get that done? They're your chores. Would you just please go do them? Or I'm saying to my wife, do they even listen? I know he heard me because I saw the eyelids. But is he listening? You know how you know you hear the voice of God and you're listening? It's pretty unique. Um, I'm going to share that with you in my next set of notes here. I just want you to know that this isn't a comparison. I don't want you to think that I'm saying the voice of God supersedes or is more important than the word of God. We have both for a reason. I just want you to know that God speaks outside of the Bible as well. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean God speaks into your circumstances. He speaks about things that I might not be able to find chapter and verse about. But I know by God's nature, and I know by God's spirit, and I know by his word, and I know his voice. And that's the key. If I could tell you this, I would say this is not a how-to hear the voice of God, because I really am not good with how-tos. Here's what happens, and I've tried this with my wife over the last... 50 years as of yesterday. I started out and probably spent the first 25 years learning that I don't tell her what to do. You might think I'm a slow learner. I think I'm persistent. 
but I figured out in the last 50 years that what I think is the voice of God isn't what she hears because she hears the voice of God herself. So I can't tell her how. Does that make sense? Good. Because when you tell somebody how to hear from God, what you've just done is share what you do. And what I want to do is say, no, your relationship with the Lord is more personal than that. It's more, it's more unique. It's more you and him. It's not me telling Cookie how to hear the voice of God. I tell Cookie when I've heard the voice of God, and this is what I hope for. She says, you're crazier than I thought, or not as crazy as I thought. By the way, if there's two things I can recommend to you after this little sermon this morning, find two friends, one who thinks you are crazy, <laughs> and two, one who knows you're not, because that's a good balance. Because when you walk up to tell somebody, hey, I just heard the word of the Lord, and I want to share it with you, it's not necessarily for you. I just want you to hear it and tell me, what do you think? I always go to my crazy friend first. Because they're the ones that are going to look at me and go, yeah! <laughs> Even if it isn't. They're always on my side. And then I've got the one who says, nah, I know you're not crazy, but I don't think so, Paul. And that's the one I have to deal with the, uh, the technicalities. And that's okay, I need both. You need both. I want to encourage you that after today, when you hear the voice of God, come talk to somebody. Come talk to me. Come talk to the other elders. Come talk to a friend. Find somebody and say, hey, I think I just heard the voice of God. What do you think? Okay, let's try that again. Hey, I think I just heard the voice of God. Well, what do you think? See, I think, I think that what happens is we find ourselves kind of lulled instead of excited. See, I get up in the morning and I hear something like, um, my wife, I'm, she used to be a flower child for some of you in the 60s, <laughs> early 70s-ish. Uh, flower child, right? Now she's a shower child. She gets up in the morning, she puts on the worship music, and she gets in the shower. I lay there and go, oh, well, there's a half hour. No, I don't do that. I, I lay there and I listen to her sing and I listen to her worship the Lord. And I, I love it when she hits a really bad note. <laughs> Because what she says is, make a joyful noise. <laughs> That's that joyful noise, Lord. But I love it because I listen to her and I listen to her worship. And I know when God is speaking. I can, I can sense that God is speaking into her spirit. And that there's communication going on. And I love that. I love that. So God wants you to hear his voice. And there's a couple of authors out there that have written great books on this kind of stuff. I'm just going to share with you out of John chapter 10 and verse 4 that uh, when he brought out his own sheep, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. Here's how you know that you heard God's voice. You find yourself wanting to follow Some of you might be going, why doesn't he have a slide up there for that? Well, I like interaction. I like talking to you. And if you're looking up there, then I feel insecure. So I like it when we make eye contact. 
you recognize this voice and you follow. Something inside you says to you, I need to do this. I want to do this. I get to do this. Those are the three great things, by the way, of being a believer. In, in the Hebrew school, they teach you that you, you have to. You have to follow the law. That's what we do to children when they're growing up. We tell them what to do. You have to. Then they tell them that you get to. And their hope is by the time that you're mature, in your heart, there's a want to. I have to do these things. I get to do these things. I want to do these things. That's a mature believer. Okay? And that's what God looks for. He's, he's looking for us to, to mature in hearing his voice. Uh, did you know you were born to hear the voice of God? You were born to hear the voice of God. You were created to hear from your father. It's something he wants more than you and I understand. John chapter 10 and verse 27, he says, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. Pastor Sean and I were talking the other day, and I mentioned something to him about our, our fellowship, our, our church. And I said, here's something that I, I feel like God is saying. The Bible says in the book of James that we should be doers of the word. Yes? Okay, let's follow it up. Not hearers only. Right? So how do we do that? Here's how that works. Today, when I'm done speaking... When I'm done speaking, you should do something. You shouldn't come to church, neither should I. Hear the word of God. Shake hands and smile and love each other and walk out the door. You shouldn't do that. We should hear from the word of God. God should speak deep into our spirit. And then we should be stirred by that thing and say, how do I follow what should I do? It may be as simple as today you, you look over at somebody and you sense that God is saying you should go talk to them. Uh, we were speaking in our uh, little meeting and I was talking to someone, I, I don't see her face but she might be in here. Anyway, I was talking to one of the ladies in our church and she said that she was going through some things and uh, at a different church and worship started and the saxophone player in the worship team stopped playing, put down the saxophone, walked out into the congregation, put his hand on her shoulder, and prayed for her. He said, I heard God say. And he followed through. And God delivers that's being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Because I can tell you in my own life, thousands of times I've heard the voice of God and done nothing. Anybody else guilty? Come on, anybody else guilty? Okay, good. The reason I say that is because now I know who you are that are hearing the voice of God and struggle with the same stuff, okay? So I'm going to share a couple of examples, but before I do that, I just want to say this. God never contradicts his word. 
If you ever hear the voice of God and you're not sure, don't worry about it. It's okay to be not sure. One thing I can tell you for sure is he never contradicts the word of God. Okay? There's another thing I've learned over time. He never violates my conscience. He never asks me to do anything to violate my conscience. If I don't feel good about something, it's not like he didn't know that. He may just be trying to tell me, Paul, you're stuck. You need to refresh. And so I'm just going to work with you. I don't want you to violate your conscience. I don't want you to do anything that you don't feel good about. That's perfectly fine. That's the difference between uh, a God who expects and a God who desires. God desires us to grow and to mature and to learn and to listen and then to do those things. So I'm going to share a couple of examples of my earlier years of figuring out how God talks. God sent a man into my life, a great guy. Uh, He was in his probably 50s. I was in my 30s. And uh, he he was in our home fellowship. And he came in, and we were talking about this subject. And he said to me, Paul, let me share a story with you. He said, I was a, I don't know technically how you do this, but like a plumbing engineer. And he did high-rise buildings, and he did plumbing in high-rise buildings. And there was a building in downtown Seattle that from the 37th floor down, nothing would flow. Now, the problem with that is everything's encased in what they call a chase, I believe. And, And so you can't always get to everything. And so they called him in to troubleshoot this problem. It's important that stuff move, right? He went in, he talked to the other engineers, he talked to the guys that built it, the, the actual plumbers that put this thing together. They all talked and they shared everything and he said, man, everything you guys are saying, everything that you've done is what we would do to resolve this issue. He said, I tell you what, you guys go back to work. He said, I'm gonna spend some time here in the trailer, the job shack. I'm gonna look over the plans and I'm gonna just see if I can't figure it out. He did that for a little while, nothing, nothing. So he went home. He went to bed. He had a dream. He dreamed that God spoke to him, and there was this set of blueprints, and, and there was a, a hand <laughs> with a finger pointing at this piece in the blueprint. He didn't think anything about it. He got up, and he said, well, that was great. I wish that were true. And God spoke to him. He said, spoke. As in, if somebody were in the car with me and said something, I heard it like that. Nobody was in the truck with him, and he still heard it like that. We'll get to that in a minute. And God said to him, there's a problem with the union on the 37th floor. Now, I'm not a plumber. I don't know what a union is. I know what a coupler is. I know some of that stuff. But a union evidently has a function that was not working. And either one of the guys put it in backwards or something. Anyway, it's like you want water to flow, and it flowed one time, and then there was this vapor lock. Nothing else was happening. So he walked in, and he said, I was going to take all the credit and show these guys where the problem was. And the Lord said, no, actually, tell them I told you. (laughs) Oh, there you go. 
Now we know that it's important that we give God the glory for what he does. Amen? We're, we're really tuned to do these kind of things. It's your flesh that really wants to be appeased. Don't worry about that. That's growing in maturity. So he walked into the job shack and he said, hey guys, I got to tell you, the Lord spoke to me and told me where the problem was. And you could pick all the jaws up off the floor. And, and he said, it's, it, there's a union in floor 37, Chase, whatever it was. That's your problem. And then he got out to his truck and he was pretty excited. And God said, no, you didn't get it, Dick. The problem is in your union. That's sometimes why we don't do it. So what do we do with that? Ah, we move on. I had this experience myself personally in, uh, in Seattle. Uh, it's kind of odd to share this because now you get to think he is crazy. Uh, there was a young man who grew up in the Assembly of God Church. Great guy. He was, he was working on our crew. And I was just sharing with him because I knew he'd left the church. And he was struggling. You could see that. But, you know, I'd done that too. So I kind of understood where he was at. And we were talking, and we were talking, and he finally, he was getting kind of nasty with me, and I turned and looked at him and said, what? <laughs> What's the problem? He said, Paul, you cannot prove to me there is a God. I grew up in the church, but you still can't prove to me there is a God. And I went, wow, actually that's true. I can't do that. So I turned around in my seat, and I shut my eyes, and I said, Lord, he's right. I, I can't prove to him anything. And the Lord said to me, ask him why his sister cut her hair. And I instantly said, you know he'll think I'm absolutely crazy. And he said to me, he already thinks you're absolutely crazy. And I went, yeah. So I flipped around in all of my immaturity and I looked him right in the eye and said, so tell me, why did your sister cut her hair? And he went off. He said things I can't repeat. And evidently, because in the Assembly of God Church in those days, the long hair was pretty important stuff, right? Beautiful long hair. And he was still caught up in some of that kind of mentality. And so he was put out by the fact that she had cut her hair. And then it, about two seconds into this, unmentionables, he stopped and he looked at me and he said, how did you know? And out of my mouth came, well, let's just say there's a God. That was it. The Lord told me after that, because, you know, I ran home and ran in the bedroom and got on my face and said, wow. I mean, people could really think you're nuts when you do that kind of stuff, right? I said, Lord, that was kind of shocking to me. He said, get used to it. Get used to it. I want to communicate. I want to talk to you. I want to use you to speak to other people. Get used to it. Embrace it and enjoy it. And by the way, in here, there's a whole bunch of people that you can practice. I know I can run over to my, my brother, Paul Michelson, and say, hey, I think I just heard the word of the Lord, and I can say something to him, and I know he'll, he'll do that thing that he always does so well. 
He'll look at me with a deep concern and consideration and say, oh, <laughs> let's talk about that. And I will hug him and say, I, that's what I appreciate about you. I know I can count on you being you, even if God uses you. Am I getting short on time there, Pastor? I'm good? Excellent. All right, let's move on. Uh, la, 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 la. Hey, I love you guys. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Uh, I want you to know that God really does want to speak to you, and God really does want to use you to speak to others. I really want you to know that he's already told you quite a bit about this. Sometimes we just need that reset. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, an example. If you've ever been in ministry and had issues occur in ministry, who hasn't? Um, sometimes we, we now limit the operating system. I don't want to go there and get hurt like that again. I don't know about you, but it didn't feel good. Or I don't want to pour my life into something and not sense that return. Sometimes we get stuck in that. Push that reset button. Okay? This is really not up to us. We were bought with a price for a reason. And it's a good reason. See, it's our brothers and sisters in the world that need to know that God's trying to talk to them too, and he just might use you to do it. It's important that we get free of anything that would hold us back. For example, trust. If I can't trust to say something to you, do you know that when somebody speaks a word of the Lord into your life, here's a key for you. You're the one that accepts it or rejects it. It's up to you. God's giving you that authority. You don't have to take that like, oh, God said that to you and so it must be so. No, no, no. God said that to them to tell you so you could go, wow. Wow. He spoke right into my life about something that nobody should have known but me. Now you get to accept it. So it's really in the receiver's hand, if you can say it that way. Okay, how do you know it's his voice? Well, we know that God speaks through scripture. He speaks through other people. And he speaks through creation. Have you ever had one of those moments where you got a sunrise that just blew your mind? That's the proper term. I know Cookie and I, driving down from uh, the state of Washington, we went over a place called uh, Gold, Goldendale. It's uh, where you come into the Columbia Gorge. We caught it at, at a sunrise. Uh, Cookie broke into bawling her head off, just began to cry. It's like the presence of God filled our car up. I pulled over, couldn't drive. And just the beauty and the, the majesty of creation was overwhelming had those kind of moments that's another part of the voice of God you care about what he cares about he'll talk to you in those moments well I already said he doesn't contradict or violate his word uh, he'll speak to you in your spirit and he'll I believe speak to you in your ear is that other uh, slide put up for me please we're going to go through that real quick this is out of actually first Samuel chapter Three and verse one, it says, "Now the boy Samuel was serving Yahweh in the presence of Eli. The word of Yahweh was rare in those days; visions were not widespread. The word of Yahweh was rare in those days. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, in COVID time, I believe that we could say this is probably true. That 
people really are not hearing the word of God clearly in a time when we need to the most. And so I guess what stirs me inside is that we get an opportunity to be that agent of sharing the word of God in these times. Hearing the voice of God and sharing what he says to you to someone who's in need is pretty powerful. Uh, We've had some family issues lately, and I tell you, I appreciate the voice of God more than ever before. Verse 4 of that same chapter says, Yahweh called out to Samuel, and he said, Here am I. Now, picture this story, if you will. Here's a young guy who's just now figuring out how to serve the Lord. God's calling him, and he runs into the high priest Eli, and he says, Here I am. And the boss says, uh, I didn't call you. That could be discouraging. He goes back to bed. It happens again. Now, it says in verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know Yahweh. I want you to know something. Samuel did not yet know the Lord simply means this. He was young and immature, and his relationship was just beginning. Now, check that out. Young and immature, and his relationship's just beginning. I recommitted my life, which is a crazy way to say that. I got saved when I was 26. I gave my life to the Lord when I was 8. I fell away when I was 11. I went my own way until I was 26. But at 26, God began a new life in me, so I call that my born-again moment, okay? So I'm only really 42. (laughs) I love it. Then it says the word of Yahweh had not yet been revealed to him. Guys, we're right there. Wherever we are in our relationship with the Lord is just your beginning point. And God has so much more of his word to reveal to us and so much more maturity that he wants to produce in us. There's a brother out here that said something. Uh, Mr. John, we were at a breakfast one morning or having coffee one morning, and he said, uh, comparison is the thief of joy. Now, he didn't know that he just spoke to me, but he did. He spoke right into what the Lord was saying to me, and I realized that's our problem. Sometimes we compare what we've done with what we could do. Sometimes we compare what others are doing and what I'm not doing, or what I've done and others haven't done. Or, but it robs us of the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Amen? Okay. So Yahweh calls Samuel a third time. He gets up and goes to Eli. He says, here I am because you called me. Eli realizes It's usually the priest that's a little slow, by the way. (laughs) Eli realizes that Yahweh was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. If he calls you, then you must say, speak, Lord, because your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Yahweh came, stood there, and called out as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel said, speak, because your servant is listening. Reminds me of that other story way back in the book of Genesis where uh, there's this guy and girl running around in this garden. You guys probably know the story. And they, whatever, they, they mess up and they do something they weren't supposed to do. And the next thing you hear is you hear the voice of God. And he says, Where are you? 
That's the intimacy. That's the relationship God wants to have with each and every one of us. Where are you? Come, sit in my presence and listen to my voice. All right. I do better sometimes when I have eight hours. I told myself this morning I have eight hours worth of things to say and a half an hour to say it. We won't be bored. I hope you're not bored. Okay, here's some things to consider. Number one, I want you to begin to pray God will do these things in your life. Just begin to say, Lord, here's your servant. Here I am. I'm listening. You can't drum this up. That's the good news. So the next time you're driving down a road, like Pastor Sean was saying this morning, I think, the next time you're driving down a road by yourself and you look over like somebody just said something to you that was sitting in the passenger seat, don't be shocked. It's okay. Just look over. Pat him on the leg and say, I'm here. I'm listening. Now, if he reaches over and touches you on the shoulder, you might have a little shock. But <laughs> that's a whole other issue. So pray, God, do these things. Do these things in our lives. Then I pray, Lord, I want to hear and I want to know your voice. Right now, in this moment, and every moment. Because you don't know when you're standing in the grocery line or when you're on the telephone with somebody or when you're just watching a movie with your spouse or friend. Or, you don't know when God's going to say something. Be listening. Just be listening. Just be attentive in your spirit. Because when he says something, what you want to do is follow. You want the follow through. You want to be able to say, hey, I just heard the voice of God and I'm going to do something with it. And remember, he doesn't ask you to do crazy stuff, right? He asks you to do things that glorify his name, that brings his presence into the circumstance. We need to begin to mature. Maturity says this. When you hear the voice of God, find those two people I mentioned before, the one that knows you're crazy and the one that knows you're not, and fellowship with them about it. Talk about it. Read the word of God together about it. Begin to put into practice a trust. Because God wants to use you to be his voice. We just have to learn how to do that. And then mature in it. Not be afraid of it. I've said some pretty crazy things. I'll just tell you that up front. Really crazy things. And people just respond weird. <laughs> crazy things speak to others for me this is what you should be praying God speak to others for me about me and send them to me if I can tell you this is one of those how to's that I do believe everybody should practice I have a few folks in my life that I know pray the way I pray about the things I pray about and they're allowed into my life to say some whatever kind of things they need to say. We need that. We need that level of relationship where, where you can learn to trust somebody with, with maturing spiritually. One of the most precious things you possess is your spirit. Speak to others about me, for me, and then send them to me. 
Okay. End of message. Why don't you just stand with me if you can, if you would. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I know that you, God, right here in Streams Church, want us not only to hear your voice, but to follow. Father, I know that you want us to hear the voice of the living God and respond. So we open our hearts and minds, Father, to your word, and we open our hearts and minds, Father, to each other. God, use us. Use us in this hour especially when there's so much grief and so much sorrow and so much pain and discomfort, so much confusion, God. Let it, let it flow through us, God, to be a light. Lord, for those that you've spoken to and they felt insecure or unsure, God, we're here. We're here for each other. We trust each other, God. Teach us and mature us. Lord, there's people that have heard your voice in this very room that have not wanted to speak out for whatever reason, God. That's got to stop. It's got to stop, Lord. We need to hear from you. We want to hear from you. (laughs) And we get to. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray right now you would do the work that you've spoken about as you did with little Samuel. Speak to us, your servants. We're listening. Father, in your word, it went on to say that not one prophetic word that Samuel spoke went unfulfilled. That's where you're taking us. That we can speak with confidence and we can see the outcomes that you want be accomplished in this earth. In Jesus' name, amen.